aviation industry has been ground to a near halt over the past few months, the European summer is on its way. So as borders start to reopen and many on the continent take flight again, what does one of Europe's leading leisure carriers have to say about the future of air travel and the consumer it caters for? Today on The Chiefs, I sit down with Bernd Bauer, the CEO of Swiss-based Edelweiss at Monocle's Zurich studio here on Dufostrasse. After a long stint at Swiss, Bauer left to lead Edelweiss in 2014 and has led the firm into a unique position as a premium leisure carrier with an impressive route portfolio to match. Like most other airlines worldwide, when coronavirus struck, Edelweiss was ordered to ground operations. But since the end of May, flights have resumed, so can Edelweiss and the rest of the industry get their optimism back? And if we accept that life comes with a few risks, can we put those Mykonos skies and Ibiza nights back on our calendars? I'm Tyler Brule, and this is The Chiefs on Monocle 24. It's interesting. Maybe if we could spool back a few months, maybe many months at this point, to December, early January, what did the state of not just the business for, for Edelweiss look like, but what was aviation looking like maybe in a European context? Aviation was pretty confident that business was running well for basically all the airlines. Uh, take the American Airlines or even in Germany. So business was really running well. We were all very optimistic about 2020. And we couldn't imagine that something like what we have seen now in the recent month was happening. You're a bit of a, a unique business model uh, for those who are not in a, maybe in a Swiss orbit or at least in the bordering countries as well. You occupy an interesting position. I mean, maybe in traditional terms, people would call you a leisure carrier, but in many ways, you're, you're much more premium than, uh, than what comes to, to mind. In your business, uh, how forward-looking do you have to be? I mean, when do you sort of wake up comfortably in January knowing you have 60% bookings for the year, 70% bookings. For someone in your position, what does a good year look like at the start of the year if you're a leisure carrier? Yeah, Typically, at the beginning of the year, we look at pre-bookings of about 40-45% of the whole capacity over the whole year. And that was all also the case in 2020. So we... We were starting the year really optimistic. We had plans to grow further, and uh, we were pretty happy with the with the pre-bookings. We were really planning our loads and our our yield development. And as you said, premium. We are positioned in a premium niche in the in the leisure segment. Let's say in in Europe, pretty unique for the leisure business uh, in the airline industry. And we were quite happy that the development was as it as it showed up in January 2020. For someone who might be listening in Australia or somewhere else in Europe uh, or, or in North America, maybe paint us a little bit of a picture. Uh, how is Edelweiss different from a low-cost carrier? Because obviously that has been so much of the traffic driver for a lot of leisure destinations, uh, obviously. But then if we think about traditional leisure carriers, uh, why is the offer different, I guess? What happens as, as part of the experience that sets you apart from a TUI or, or many other people, would you say? Yeah, Edelweiss is very clearly and very consequently positioned in this premium leisure segment. So what means premium leisure for us? Premium leisure means we try to cover all the travel needs of the Swiss market. And, and that's the whole segment from, let's say, uh, those traveling with a backpack until the clients traveling to the five-star hotels around the world. So our aim is really to cover 
all the major destinations you can imagine, discover the world, but also relaxing somewhere at the beach. So we have basically everything in our portfolio. We managed to build up over the last years a route portfolio of over 70 destinations around the world, and this all out of Switzerland, which is a pretty small country and a pretty small market. The portfolio is divided in, let's say, the European uh, network and the, and the intercontinental network. On the European side, it's uh, we, we, we cover from the party island like Ibiza to Mykonos. I like how you refer to the party islands. I think that's a good handle because people got a, an instant picture of probably what's on, on offer. But it's not a party on board necessarily. No, but, it's no. not a party on board. On board, we have a decent product comparable to the major network carriers. And this also because we are positioned in, this, in the Swiss market as a sister airline to Swiss International Airlines. So our product is pretty much exchangeable but as a very specific drive into the leisure traveler. So we are, we care more for the traveler's needs, uh, which are different if you travel to in, in vacation or holiday than if you travel for business. You, you want to be more quiet, you want to be working, you want to be not really disturbed. And our crews are trained to entertain on board our passengers. Our product is designed that to make the trip really a nice trip and an, an experience by itself. I mean, oftentimes, though, you do hear people in Switzerland saying that actually the short haul service, if you're flying to a Mediterranean destination, is better on Edelweiss than it is on on Swiss. Is this a deliberate relationship between a, a, a maybe a bigger brother and a younger brother? Yeah, I think we aim to give this special touch. I wouldn't say it's not necessarily better, but it's different. And it starts with the products we are using. Uh, it starts with the, with the menus we are designing. It. We have a two-class product on all our flights uh, in Europe. We have a three-class product basically on our intercontinental flights from business over premium uh, or economy max into, into an economy product. And so we are trying to fulfill the needs of our travelers. When we look at uh, your position in, in a rapidly changing group, you're part of the Lufthansa group, people are often citing Edelweiss as something unique. And I guess as part of the nature of you being unique, the home market, because oftentimes people say there are so many strange things, strange good things that happen in aviation in Switzerland. Uh, people are very patriotic, and or at least maybe certainly out of the Zurich hub, etc. What are the forces that make this a unique travel market? Yeah, Switzerland is for sure an asset for us. So the home market, Switzerland, with the money which is around here in Switzerland, but also, let's say, the frequency of travels. So uh, Swiss people in, in average travel probably more than any other country of the world for business, for leisure as well. So you have here villages, they evacuate during the vacation time. So everybody's going somewhere abroad and we benefit a lot from that. But Swiss people are also looking for a certain quality in travel. So, and we are positioned here in Zurich. We are flying consequently out of Zurich. We can offer our short haul product for the Swiss market basically solely, so there are 90% travelers out of Switzerland. And the intercontinental product is more also driven by connecting traffic. And there we benefit a lot from the cooperation and, and the, the close relationship to Swiss. 
as a result of that, when you look at a market like Zurich, you don't see a lot of low-cost carriers on the ground here. You have to go to Basel, you have to go down to Geneva. I guess part of it is, I assume, is landing costs. It's obviously not a cheap airport to, to operate out of. But I want to look more forward at, at the landscape. A lot of people have been saying that maybe with this great shakedown, we're not going to see a Europe which is going to have three or four, probably three big LCCs anymore, that maybe this is an opportunity for legacy carriers uh, again. But particularly a lot of people are saying it's also it's an interesting time for leisure carriers as well, that they've got a real chance to cut through. For those experts who are saying that, why do you think that they believe that that this segment is actually sitting in an interesting moment again? Yeah, I strongly believe in this as well, because our aim is not a quick trip over the weekend to whatever destinations, but uh, more the, uh, the conscious traveling, more the, the more sustainable travel. So discovering, exploring, relaxing. I think that's part of our business. And we are, we managed quite well to position the airline in the recent years in that segment. And this is probably also besides the cost development here in Switzerland, it's a question of how do you position yourself in the market and how can you attract the travelers. And I think there we did a quite a good job in the in the past for that segment here in, in Zurich. When it comes to the European business or the even worldwide, I strongly believe that this trend will happen also in other countries because people are more conscious when they travel. They don't want to just consume. And I think this, this crisis was showing us as well. We're having this conversation as we approach the really the, the end of the, the first half of, of the year. And if, if we look back even at the maybe the, the midway point uh, for the, certainly the middle of Europe, struggling through this pandemic, uh, you know, aviation right away, of course, was in the spotlight, not just because of grounded aircraft, but also what was the future going to look like? And I can remember we were having a conversation probably in early May at some point. We, we saw all kinds of configurations for short-haul Airbus aircraft with plastic panels between seats and all kinds of things which were completely unworkable. And But everyone was saying, oh, this is going to be the future. This is what's going to have to happen. Things have sort of settled down right now. And we've, we've seen that obviously aircraft are full. People have to comply with certain measures. What do we need to do to, let's say, stimulate the passenger? Because it seems right now you have airlines and airport operators saying we're doing everything to protect our passengers. But in that message as well, you think, oh, God, it looks so complicated. And, you know, should I really go to that airport? Mm. Is there a middle ground in terms of exciting people? You talk about exploration and and getting out and discovering the world and pushing that message. And then also say, well, actually, also, if you go out and explore um, and discover, that also comes with risks as well. It always has. Yeah, sure. I think at the peak of the, the discussion, we were all looking for quick ways how to get up in the air again and how to convey the message that traveling is safe and that everybody can trust in, let's say, the measures airlines and the whole travel industry will implement. And I think we have now this reality check. I think we need to comply and we need to provide adequate hygiene measures. But as you said before, traveling and life comes at a risk, traveling comes at a risk. We need to find a way in between how to do that. I think we we recommend strongly also on board, we recommend that people comply with the hygiene rules, that people, if they don't feel safe, that they, they use their masks and keep the distance to the other travelers. But it has to come also with a certain um, 
people have to decide on their own even what yeah, they, it's a responsibility what they want to do. Yeah. there's a responsibility self responsible act self responsible i think that's the main message we are conveying as well we cannot exclude all the risks in traveling but we can provide the best possible environment that traveling is safe and we are in an industry in the airline industry we are always safety and security is one of our major topics so we really try to provide the best possible product safe and secure for people to travel and uh, this will continue I want to look forward in a moment but maybe just bring us up to speed where we are as we said this is it's a June period of we're really in a moment. Switzerland, um, of course, is, is opening its borders to uh, to other countries. I guess we get to the beginning of July and most of Europe will be open again. What does that mean for you operationally right now? What does that mean for you in terms of the fleet? Because, I mean, you have to be on one side up, uploading flights onto the website and responding. I mean, this, is, this must be a little bit unprecedented in terms of how your marketing and sales team has to work together with obviously, yeah, I mean, the operations team of getting crews and aircraft into the air. We've been through quite some crisis in the last decade. We had volcanoes, we had groundings of airlines, we had other viruses, we had uh, we had basically everything. But th- that's a situation we've never been in. So that worldwide, all the borders are closing, that the, the whole traffic is shutting down, that never happened to us. And it was already difficult to shut down because we were, of course, we tried to to fly as long as possible, also because we had people around in the world, so we needed to bring them back. It was really challenging then to bring people back. We could fly partly only with diplomatic clearances, but to ramp up is even more difficult because you never know when is what opening, which borders are open for travel, which uh, infrastructure is there, where can we bring our guests. The demand is there, but it's very difficult to decide in the ramp up phase, when do I put which flight in the system and which one is bookable or when do I take out which flight because it's not allowed to fly there. So that's probably a, a situation we've never seen. I think currently we are living in a two week rhythm so we are we are we have our flights bookable we sometimes we are forced to take out some flights because borders are not opening but now in the recent days we we were able to bring up some flights in the air and the demand is pretty good and people are flying it starts with a visit friends and relative destinations like southern italy which is very important for switzerland but then also let's say the kosovo or albania or Macedonia, which are important destinations for that. But now, step by step, we we add additional markets. And by July, we will have... uh, The party destinations will be back. We will have basically the whole program back. We are not canceling whole destinations, but we will take out, of course certain capacities because it's uh, the demand is not on the level of the of the previous years but we are pretty confident that we will manage during the peak season July August September that we will manage to fly basically our whole network short haul at least long haul is a little bit more difficult and so we hear of course that so there's a positive appetite uh to travel. Do you have any sort of first-hand anecdotes from your crew, your team, your colleagues in marketing, et cetera, as to, yeah, the, the sense of, of demand and how the passenger is feeling, either once they're through the doors of the airport, once they're, they're down the ramp and, and on the plane? What is that experience like? And, and I think, you know, we, again, a lot of us have been saying that, yeah, we just fall back into the habits of before as well. I think it's, it's not exactly as it was before. So uh, 
crews and passengers are more conscious on what is happening. So crews realized, oh, it's nice to get on board again. Oh, it's nice to fly again. I met some of them yesterday coming back from our first flights out and they were just happy or they were smiling. Everything went well. Passengers are very positive. Of course, we have also certain passenger groups which are much more careful. But in general, everybody's looking forward to be up in the air again and manage to do what a lot of people were missing now, connect with the world, connect with friends around the world and just spend some leisure time and some relaxing time abroad. Is there an advantage, and maybe this is more for your, your bigger brother with Swiss, but does, does Switzerland have an opportunity, you think, right now? Because this country has also been very aggressive Maybe not so much with borders, but really opening up the country. Um, at, you know, so a really, it was a first mover when it came to the food and beverage industry. Uh, you know, retail was was pretty fast uh, as well. And yeah, you walk around Zurich and you feel that it's almost ninety percent back to normal. As you said, I mean, no different than being on the aircraft. Of course, there are changes, etc. But it feels like life is normal. Do you think that moving forward, let's say over the next six, nine months, does that present also an opportunity for Hub Zurich um, in a sense that maybe people, you know, if I'm sitting even in San Francisco, flights are open, I feel actually maybe this is a place I want to come to to conduct my business. And and part of that has been Switzerland's history. But I think now when you see that there is confusion, strange leadership, et cetera, in other parts of the world, does Switzerland have, you know, maybe a unique chance to position itself a little bit differently at the moment? I'm pretty sure so. Switzerland is and was always a safe haven. So there you can do business, you're secure, you're safe. And the same is valid for the airline industry. So our airlines are known to have a a good safety and and security record. So I think we can provide here in Switzerland an, an environment, be it for transferring passengers, be it for incoming passengers, be it for business. Uh, We can provide an environment which is pretty unique in the world, I would say. And that's a good chance for Switzerland to position in the near future even more in that area. I mean, we have been always positioned in that in that segment, but I think the importance will, will grow for that kind of positioning. I know it's not part of your core business model, but does that also even present a chance, uh, you know, certainly because you know, Swiss tourism is spending a lot of money at the moment to get people here. Is there five, seven, nine uh, percent of your maybe revenue model as well, also carrying people from other parts, or probably perhaps more long haul, to get them to come to Switzerland as well? When I look at some of the destinations you have, to think actually, yeah, you know, maybe you know, you decide to open up a a route into Japan, or you open up into another probably wealthy market where you know that there's also someone who's going to appreciate the product they attracted by an aircraft with an Edelweiss on the tail and a Swiss flag uh, as well is you know is that perhaps part of a also a future chance for the business sure we are, we were growing Edelweiss based on the Swiss market so mainly on the short haul segment but with more and more long haul destinations you're absolutely right so our business model is changing slightly we have close collaboration with Switzerland tourism for incoming traffic from many long-haul markets uh, out of the U.S., out of Argentina, out of Brazil, but even uh, countries in the East like Vietnam, which are upcoming and growing. And we try to position ourselves in that segment as well because we see that more and more Switzerland is becoming a destination and we we want to be part of the party here. So (laughs) I, I guess we will be able to bring more and more people into Switzerland as well so that they can see also the beauty of Switzerland and the nature and... If we look forward um, at business and, and you know, we've seen some of your colleagues in the Lufthansa group saying they may not see a, 
a return until you know to full network, full fleet, full schedules as it was at the start of 2020 until 2023. Do you buy into that? Is you know, or is that maybe a skeptical view? Or and maybe, of course, you're in a very different position. But I'm, maybe I'm speaking more about just aviation in general. Do you think that we're in a, a two and a half, three year cycle here, or is there you know? Again, people get over it. They have one flight, they have another flight. They figure out, okay, this is a better hub to connect than another one. And they get back into their travel groove again. Uh, and I'm wondering, yeah, is, is three years out from now a bit uh, a bit skeptical and, and cynical about the market? or? I guess this is mainly driven by the different positioning. So we, it's important to mention, oh, we are really in the leisure segment and you cannot substitute traveling in the true sense of the world with digital tools you can use in the in the business travel as well. So we will see a slower recovery on the, in the business segment than in the leisure segment. If it's then three years at the end, it's a quite pessimistic, I have to say. But if you see how easy it was now over the last month as well to conduct business with the help of digital tools, then there might be a point in that. Important probably for me is that traveling doesn't become a pain. We need to make sure that it continues to be to be easy, that we don't restrict ourselves too much, that we build on this uh, self-responsibility of the people, that they are aware of the risks which comes with moving around in the world. And I think then we might see there a quicker recovery as well, but we will see that. I think this is the glass ball. We don't don't see it through yet. True. And if you look at other parts of the world, Zurich is a very small hub. We've been through, what, a decade now, decade and a half of the boom of the Middle East hubs. And certainly we see challenges there. When you look at the state of aviation, you know, of course, the hub and spoke model is is very much ingrained as, as part of it. But almost as you're saying, you know, you, you want to take the hassle out of travel, you know, do, yeah, let's say traditional legacy carriers have to look at more point to point? And again, is it going to be maybe certain hubs that are going to win right now? We're not going to have as many. It's not going to be about Doha necessarily and Istanbul and Frankfurt and Paris and Amsterdam. Do you see potentially that this starts to slim down a little bit? I'm pretty sure that this will happen. In Switzerland, we have quite a sustainable operation. So together with Swiss and Edelweiss, we are build more on the local demand. So we are built on the needs of the Swiss travelers. It's not a pure connecting business from east to west, from north to south, but it's based and built on the local demand. And and I'm pretty sure that our business model is much more sustainable than many others, especially in the Middle East, where it's only built on connecting traffic. There is not enough local demand. There's maybe an in- incoming demand, but even this is not filling up all these huge capacities. And therefore, mm. I'm pretty sure that we will see a certain slimming down of certain operations and we will see a, a, maybe even a consolidation in the European aviation. Just before we go, it's again, for those who aren't, aren't familiar, haven't traveled with you, I know people in other European cities who want to get to the Mediterranean, who who treat Edelweiss as, you know, mostly as a, as a boutique brand. Uh, it is, yeah, and someone might live in Stockholm and yeah, they could fly to Mykonos and that's a very good example, but they choose to fly through Zurich because they, the only option for them to get to Mykonos, maybe from Sweden is on a low cost carrier. They decide to, to fly through Zurich uh, because, okay, yeah, it's Swiss getting them down here, then they're connecting on, on to you to get... Um, to the Greek islands. Is that as well maybe 
a chance and and if a hub is good enough and if the product is good enough will people connect uh, for leisure or do they only want to go point to point clearly no we are seeing this already so if somebody wants to travel with a little bit of a better product with a, then they're considering traveling uh, via Zurich because I think Swiss is offering a perfect product even out of all major capitals in in Europe and we are covering basically all leisure destinations uh, as Edelweiss and the connecting times are uh, pretty short uh, the travel is convenient the hub Zurich is a is a perfect place to transfer from one aircraft to another it's very convenient to do that here and we see this already and i'm sure we can even grow this business and uh, and i think people are, will look more in the future how do we travel not only can we travel A big thank you to Baron Bauer for joining us for this week's episode of the Chiefs edition of The Big Interview. The Big Interview was produced by Paige Reynolds and edited by Jack Jewers. I'm Tyler Brule in Zurich. Thanks very much for listening. Mm-hmm.